Welcome to the Haunting Comforts of Teaching podcast. I am your host, Jen Kay, a middle school English teacher who finds comfort in sharing her journey of being present in the haunting rhythms of teaching. Through finding balance, dissecting struggles, learning grace, with occasional stories from and discussions with guests on education. Welcome to episode 22. Today, I'm here with my old friends, Darlene and Blasia from my old teaching credential program from seven years ago. And currently, I want them to introduce themselves so you can get to know them a little bit. Hi, I'm Darlene. Um, I originally was planning to get my teaching credential in um, social studies, um, so that covers a variety of topics. I also got um, the additional authorization to teach English as well. Um, currently, I'm working on transitioning over to becoming a librarian for a high school. Hello, and I'm Blasia. I'm a high school English teacher. I've got my credential in uh, single subject English and also initially wanted to um, teach philosophy, but unfortunately, it's a little hard to get a job as a high school teacher with a credential. In, in something other or subset sub subject so i went ahead and just did english and since i'm an english teacher i did get my single subject credential in english and but i did consider maybe adding pe or special ed but i realized english is what i really want to focus on teaching so i just stuck with english so i just want us to kind of maybe revisit and go back in time and Let's describe how we became friends. I can start off with, I think we were in our first class together. I don't remember the exact name of the course, but I really, really liked our professor. We had a group project. Um, I think we happened to sit close to each other too. And then I think we just kind of turned around and say, hey, you wanna do the project together? I think that's all I remember at the moment. Does anyone want to jump in to kind of add on how we became met and became friends? Yeah, we were sitting like, I think the professor had asked um, for us for a group project and we happened to be sitting close to each other. So we just turned to each other and asked like, hey, do you want to be in our group to be start this group project? Yeah, and I remember it was Professor Socorro, the teacher. And I remember because she was very uh, enthusiastic, a younger teacher, very, um, just confident and knowledgeable and she had us do those reading scaffold tools like those papers where we had to read something and then summarize it and like find you know the topic and the main ideas and stuff and I remember we all like um, would talk about those reading scaffolds because they were due every week. Oh that brings back all the memories I already forgot about those reading scaffolds but now it's all coming back but uh, even to this day, I still think she was the best professor I ever had. I, I really, really liked her. I think she like reached out to me like a couple of years ago, like through email asking how I was doing. So I was like really, I was really touched. So, um, and I think from that point on, we just had, we had every single course together pretty much, um, except for, um, I think Darlene, you had like his social studies course, but 
yeah, we just started work. We just worked together every single course, and I think that's pretty much it on how we became friends. But yeah, I just wanted to go back into uh, a point that Blasia made earlier about our professor for our classroom management being quote distracted by his book, and I actually wanted to know more about that, Blasia, as this ties into our next question of uh, topic of discussion. Did it prepare us for the teaching world? And so, why don't you start us off, Blasia? What do you mean by him being too distracted by his book? Yeah, I mean, I think he was, you know, definitely someone who. Um, was more focused in theory. He was, that was probably um, his strong suit. And I'm not sure what his, you know, background scholarship was, but he really emphasized theory. And I remember like when some of the students would ask him direct questions about like, well, what if the student is like yelling in my classroom and like saying curse words and I'm trying to teach and, you know, what should I do? How should I like manage that situation? And he, you know, would never give a direct answer. He would say, well, let's go back to, you know, chapter four and look at how, you know, engaging environment can, and he would have all this like kind of language um, around such uh, questions that I felt needed, um, didn't need obscurity, they needed, you know, clarity. And then what I meant by the distraction is that um, I had a friend, some friends who had him before, year right before us. Well, the distraction uh, is that, Unfortunately, this professor uh, had some relationships with some of his students. Yeah, so he uh, was dating some of the girls in the class. And uh, my boyfriend noticed that too when he had him the year before. And I had already known that because he told me about that professor. He's like, oh, just be careful. He's kind of interesting. And so kind of being primed for that and then actually then when we had the class together, I would see him, he would leave like this with this one girl and they would, you know, walk all the way up to, you know, the main cam campus and kind of, you know, just disappear, like either into one of the buildings or into, or, you know, his office. I didn't like follow them, but often we we're going similar ways. And uh, yeah, and so distracted mean by his, his own female student. Okay. Did you ever mention this in our, when we were together? I don't think you ever mentioned this, Flasia. No, because I didn't really like his class and knowing that I kind of kept to myself about, like, I don't know if you guys remember, I wasn't very like talkative in that class um, just because I kind of knew that information. And um, I don't know why I didn't tell you guys, I guess. I don't know. I mean, honestly, probably just because we were all just tired after. It's like, I remember I was kind of one of the, once who was rushing out all the time, you know, you guys would try to keep up with us. I was like, all right, it's time to go, you know, after certain classes, not all, but I feel like in our friend group, you guys definitely were much more like slow and steady. And I was like, okay, I gotta go. I gotta, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah I totally forgot about that. Now you, you're jogging me back into these memories of, of the teaching credential program. But um, yeah, like if you actually told us that during that time, I think I would have felt a little bit uh, <laughs> unsafe in that class. But I mean, overall, I think it, for me, I think I was, um, I think I was pretty neutral because I was just, I was just trying to learn as much as I can. And I thought his, I remember him doing like a personality test, right? Like the quadrants and what kind of teacher are you? Facilitator, authoritarian. Like, I remember all that, like democratic, I forgot the exact terms, but now that you mention it, when you mention, oh, now let's look at chapter four and blah, 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 blah. And like, you know what? I think 
yeah, I think professors are very careful in not giving really direct practical answers because I guess it's it really depends on the teacher, right? Because every teacher handles each situation differently. But yeah, I would have appreciated if he actually gave his personal, like what would he have done? I would still appreciate specifics, like maybe it won't work for me, but I still would like to know what you do in your class. Um, so yeah, that that's that's quite some news I did not know. But uh, other than that, I felt like I think like at the end of that class, we had to write some kind of classroom management vision plan. I was trying to find it, but I can't find it anymore. But I remember being very idealistic in my writing. And yeah, that's not going to work in my current classroom of middle schoolers. What do you think, darling? Oh, no. Yeah. So I remember I probably still have it because I save all my all my old schoolers. So I probably still have it. But um, I definitely feel like it was definitely more idealistic in comparison to what the reality of um, what classroom management is actually like. I think that's the problem. I think I feel with most sort of educational courses in general and maybe just with certain graduate level courses in that there's a lot of theory. And I feel like in the real world theory is not going to cut it all the time you need more practical experience or i guess a more cut and dry um what would i do in this situation um and sometimes i do, i think the credential program is, as um Blazer was mentioning and focusing on theory and i feel like theory is not going to help me when there's a student you know running around um jumping on tables pulling other people's hair like that's not going to help me i need to know immediately what to do and part of that is you know do experience but sometimes you do need to have like some strategies um that you could potentially pull from um but i do but yeah i did feel like that's one of the weaknesses i think in general and just these kind of programs is just a lot of focus on theory and not as much focus on practice or what would actually work in practice yeah i agree and i think and if you're going to use theory like point us to like psychology or something you know and a lot of that i felt that we were learning with him was more philosophical than psych psychological. Like if a kid's running around screaming, it did, you know, did he come from a, a, an environment where there is a lot of like noise or there might be some abuse or something. So we didn't get any of those connections to like external factors or even trauma or like ACEs. Cause you know, that's what we learned now that we're teachers about childhood adversity, but we didn't really learn that stuff in like a class like that. And I feel like he could have, he could pull a lot of that stuff in, you know, and kind of made those connections. And like Jen Kay was saying, like giving us like his own personal examples, it might not have helped us, but it could have helped bridge the connection. Like, oh, okay, he gets it. You know, yeah, he's experienced some rough stuff too, you know? Yeah, and that just makes me wonder, like how long was he teaching, like actually teaching before he became a professor? So uh, yeah, that's made me a little curious. and. Um, but I mean, I guess to be fair, you can't really, I guess, no, I don't think there's any classroom management course that can really prepare us unless we actually were in the field. But yeah, it's definitely um, one of the drawbacks. But I think there, I think for me personally, um, there were enough professors that were really good. They really went above and beyond to help us that kind of made up for some of it, right? But yeah, but uh, overall, I feel like they could have given us, like, I, I started learning about Kagan's strategies, AVID, like, Jane Schaefer method, like, I wanted more specifics for English, because when I started teaching English at my current middle school, 
I was kind of lost. I was like, how do I, how do I scaffold and really help my students because they're really like really behind and they can hardly write and they are not reading at grade level. And so, yeah, there's a lot of theory, not enough practical stories. Yeah, I would agree with that. And just like any profession, you have the good and the bad, you know, even in our, as now high school teachers, librarian, you're going to have great librarians, you're going to have great English teachers, and then not so great, you know, so it's all that mix, you know, that finding the balance. So yes, there was definitely a lot of theory going on, but now um, let's talk about where we are now. Um, I think if you have been listening to me for the past 20 something episodes, uh, I think everyone knows that I am currently teaching uh, English to at a middle school. And it's been five years now. I taught eighth grade my first year there. And then I taught seventh and eighth grade for the next three years. And then this past year, I mainly just taught eighth grade. And I believe I feel pretty good about my year five, actually. Um, I have accomplished a lot today. I actually just finished a PD at my school and one of the um, teachers asked me if I felt more accomplished, did I do everything I wanted to do this year? And I just felt like, I did feel like I accomplished a lot this year compared to uh, my past previous four years because I still remember I was trying to get my student to write an essay and they couldn't and we couldn't even finish reading one article in a class period because there was so much talking and I couldn't manage my class as well as I could but this year I with a different kind of schedule we had double blocks we have a block for English and a block for creative writing and it's like one hour 20 minutes I felt like I had a lot more time and I was able to get my students to write three essays this year and I feel pretty accomplished. So for me, I think I'm at a good place right now, um, even though I was in a very uh, dark place in the past first three years of teaching. But uh, what about you, darling? Where you are now? Tell us a little bit more where you are now. Okay, so I really struggled. I definitely feel um, what you were saying, um, Chen Kei, and that I definitely struggled after the credential, especially because I was doing social studies, and I know social studies and English are sort of different in that social studies is very popular. It's a very popular field, so it's definitely harder to get a job in social studies um, than it would be to be an English teacher or, say, like science. Science is always really popular, or math. Math is always really popular, so... Um, you can get sort of kind of jobs right away. Um, so I definitely, I really struggled um, finding a job after my credential. I kind of struggled with other personal, not teacher-related things in the meantime. And I did um, some sort of introspection to see where I really wanted to go just because I felt like I was really unsatisfied with where I was in life. And, and I decided to pursue my master's in library and information science. Um, and that took me to where I currently am now. Uh, working at a unspecified law library and transitioning over to working as a librarian for a private school because I realized that even when I was working at a library, I've actually really missed working with students and that's really something I wanted to do. I want to continue working with students and then this opportunity sort of came up to work with students and not necessarily get the teacher librarian credential because that's, you know, subject of a different story. Um, that's its own process. Um, so I was able to find and, you know, got hired as a librarian for private school without necessarily getting the teacher librarian. That's, you know, its own set of work. So that's where I am today. Um, 
transitioning over to my new and for me, I am a high school English teacher. Uh, this is my third year at the site that I am working at after making the great exodus uh, from a huge district. Uh, you might be able to figure it out if you know California. And I would say, you know, that first year transition from a bigger uh, district with more resources, I would say, and just much more um, interconnected parts or just more parts was for me really satisfying to go to a smaller district where it's a little more interpersonal, um, a lot less um, actual school sites. So you can probably get to know your students a little bit more intimately. But because I transitioned right when the pandemic hit, I was only in my classroom for two months before I had to go into lockdown. So uh, a part of me, you know, has a space for that type of sadness that I didn't really get to connect with those students that year after transitioning because we only got to hang for two months and then lockdown. And, you know, now they're graduated. They graduated this year. So I got to celebrate them and, you know, uh, sign a lot of their yearbooks and kind of come full circle in this kind of experience, unique experience that me and them have. On top of that, I finally got tenured at my uh, site. So after two and a half shaky years of getting those letters, like, we don't know if we're going to hire you. What? Oh, my gosh. I haven't gotten that letter. So uh, that's really nice. I'm finding my footing. I'm making myself more visible as a leader on my campus, uh, particularly in the English department. And I'm actually in the middle of writing a grant proposal to get a space for kids of color, particularly um, our marginalized group uh, in the city I work for, there's a lot of invisibility for uh, Latino, Latinx kids and black kids. So we're trying to um, get enough funds to create what we would call essentially a dream center where kids of color, of all color, but particularly these two marginalized groups who have historically been marginalized in the city can feel safe, support it and get those resources they need. So I'm really excited to be spearheading that and also really nervous because, you know, a lot, of, a lot of responsibility, a lot of eyes on you. And I've had meetings with the superintendent. I've talked to our, um, uh, what's it called, teachers association union rep, as well as my principal. So I'm like, whoa, I'm doing this. <laughs> so it's been good. Quick question. When you said only two months in the classroom, so you, were you there at the beginning of the school year or no? Oh yeah, I should clarify. So I left the big district after first semester, that would have been winter semester, and I got hired in the new uh, district for January of 2020. So I was only in the class from January to March, and then that's when we went lockdown. Oh yes, uh, that lockdown was definitely uh, an experience, but I probably have a, I feel like I have a more positive experience than I guess, and what's this, what is shown on social media because I felt like I was really burnt out that year and that lockdown actually uh, gave me an opportunity to rest. So I was actually, it was time for me to like heal and regain my passion for teaching. So, but yeah, it's definitely a different experience. Yeah, I remember we, Darlene and I, we were so happy for you because you had shared a lot, you know, when we, because we do our meetups in between um, semesters, usually when we have a spring break. And I remember you sharing like where you were at and, and even just feeling the sadness and the stress. And so when the lockdown happened and then we kept in contact, 
yeah, I could definitely see, you know, how it lifted your spirits, it allowed you to heal, but also gave you that grace that like, I felt like you weren't really getting in that space that year. And so I'm glad, you know, for that. All right. So our final question is, would we go back and still attend this teaching credential program? Now, for me, I think I still will um, because it's closest to my home. <laughs> it's the most uh, affordable. And I think overall, I, I really liked some of the professors there and definitely helped shape some of my teaching mindset, even though, you know, some courses could have been better. But overall, I think I still will go through the traditional route of this two-year teaching credential program. What do you all think? I agree. I agree. Even though I didn't go into teaching, I think sometimes, um, you know, like that phrase, everything happens for a reason. I think that sort of took me down this path to get to where I am now. And I'm actually, um, I think I'm finally at peace with myself and with my life, the way it's going. And um, I think also based on sort of reflection and based on what I've heard from other people, um, about their experiences when they were student teaching. Um, so I actually think the program that we attended was actually, um, despite its flaws and, you know, pros and the cons, it was actually pretty good. And, um, you know, I got to meet you guys. So it's always a bonus. Um, I always love my friends and I appreciate having um, those people in my life. So yeah, so I, I feel, I agree. I think it was, despite the proximity, because we all know that's really the major factor in choosing any sort of program, it's just, is it close to my house or if it was online, be you know, can I do it online? Um, but for, for teaching, I think it's um, be better to do it in person. And in this case, so uh, happen to be close to where we live and happy. What do you think, Blasia? Would you still go back and attend this teaching credential program? Yes, I actually would. I don't know if you both are surprised. And really some of the things that you guys have said on top of like, Darlene, I did survey other teachers now that, you know, being in the field, teachers talk about the programs. We had a actually pretty cool program compared to a lot of other, like even USC, their program and stuff. It was like a TPA version, like in the flesh, you know, in the co coursework that they were doing, whereas the TPA for us was like, that was its own monster. We didn't really see it really in the classroom and the way that some of our really cool professors taught us. We got to do the, do and do the real stuff. The other thing I'll say, definitely meeting you guys, icing on the cake really is what helped me get through it. I think having good friends, having people who care and like uh, support, but also keep you accountable um, was like something I needed. And then it really forged my identity as an academic because I did struggle in my undergrad to really feel like I belonged in college. So when I got to credential, I met you guys and we took those classes and I was keeping up and it was, I realized that was the highest GPA I ever had for going back to um, school. I was like, I, I, what? I can do this. I can get A's and I can have a 4.0. And so it, for me, it really forged that like, oh yeah, I am an academic and yeah, I can be in this space. And I have friends who support and share that academia and have the knowledge too. So. Yeah. It's, I think it's very important that you kind of circle back to friendship. I think this is the whole reason why I, even like started this episode because it's the main theme because I definitely felt really connected uh, with 
everyone I made friends with in the teaching credential program, I, I just felt like it was so natural. Like I didn't feel awkward or like, oh, uh, I don't know what you would think of me. It's like, oh, let's, 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 let's just work together. And it was like really cool. I think it's the fastest I have ever made friends. And I'm usually like very introverted. and I would feel awkward in a big group setting. So it was really cool. And, and going back to what Darlene said about like, yeah, I don't think a teaching pro program, if it's all online would be would be great like teaching is such like a very personal job like to like really need to build those relationships and like right now like that's like one of the main reasons why i chose the same university again to go back to do my master's program but it's it is all online but i chose it because it is super close and also you know with my current work schedule and work life being online is is more of a convenience and but unfortunately i am doing it part-time which means I am not following my cohort. Most of my, most of the classmates I met this semester was they're doing it full time and they're all going to be moving on together in the next, and I'll be kind of like meeting new people in the next semester. And then I definitely do miss that. I don't think I develop any friends. Unfortunately, when you become that master's, getting that master's life is I think it's quite different than you know, when you're in the bachelor's program or when you're not really working, working yet, it's definitely much harder to make friends. So I really appreciate our friendship here. Oh, it's congrats to going back to school and doing you doing it. I mean, that takes a lot and I'm definitely proud of you for that. And I hear you in, in doing that. And then, like you said, because it's online, not getting that aspect of what you would get in the in the physical but realizing like you have that with us and that you'll always have that and that we did have a really cool you know I think us personally like our relationship friendship um based on what I've heard from other people about their credential programs and their folks and the fact that you guys both know there's a high attrition rate so like I do, I do feel like it speaks to us too being able to keep this friendship going and check in and be honest with where we're at is really helping us decide our career moves, whether that's still in education or not. And a lot of people that I had met through the program, unfortunately, I lost contact with them because for us, I think it was our unique personalities that solidified us, not just that we were going into teaching, um, that kept us connected um, because those people were teaching too. And now they stopped teaching and I don't really talk to them anymore. And so yeah, I think we're all, you know, I don't know that chart that you're talking about that our professor had us do, but I remember you like us all sharing. I think you're like INFS. I can't remember the label. I, ISFJ know. right here. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm INSF. Or I think you were I, INFJ. I, you, there you go. You yes. originally thought you were the same, like as the three of us, but then you realized it was IN. The N. The I wanted N to be. S. I you broke the pattern, Blazer. I know, but you need, you need me, you know, we need that yes. diversity. Yes. No, no, I agree. So, yeah. And we're closely linked. We're still on the IN, you know, path. Yeah, so definitely I think friendship is a really big part and it does take a lot of effort. We have to like check, we had to put in the effort to check in. And I think that just really, you know, speaks in general in life, how, like you said earlier, it's harder to make friends 
as you grow older. And I don't know, sometimes this year I notice my students, it's, it's the way they interact with each other and they call each other friends. I kind of question whether they're really friends because they're like talking trash at each other like the whole time. And, and uh, I would perceive it as bullying, but they're like, oh no, no, he's my friend. He's, so, he's cool with that. So it's just like, I feel like friendship has been evolving. <laughs> in the different generation now but yeah I really appreciate everyone here thank you again for joining my podcast I hope we uh talk again on our podcast it is really awesome to talk to uh be together again so sitting here today with my friends I wanted to explore these four questions about our teaching credential experience. What do we think of our teaching credential program? Did it prepare us for the teaching world? Where are we now? And would we go back and still attend this teaching credential program? So starting with the first question here, what did we think of our teaching credential program? And for me personally, I think overall, it was a good experience. And I'm glad I did do it full time because doing it part time or accelerated would have been a little bit too much for me. It was a really good experience to sub in the morning. And to actually learn about how to be a teacher at night, it, I think I was able to kind of apply it like in real time, but it was tiring to sub in the morning and take classes in the evening. But I had a really good first impression with our first professor that who we just talked about. She was really nice. She was really caring and very knowledgeable. And I really think she's the best professor that I've ever had. So overall I had a really good start, but Throughout the semester, I mean, throughout the credential program, I did feel that some of the classes were a little bit repetitive and some of the professors were a little bit dry, but um, what I was most disappointed in was that there was only one course focusing on our subject matter. And for me, that was English. I didn't like how we only had one course. I felt like I wasn't prepared enough. I didn't have enough strategies to actually teach English. And also didn't really like, uh, there was just one course on classroom management, which is actually a huge part of teaching. Like, if you don't have your classroom management down, you can't teach. So those are my initial thoughts. What do you think, Darlene? I know I had a mixed um, point of view coming out of it. I think I was really frustrated because I had a really negative experience when I was student teaching and I really color colored my experience overall. Um, of the of, of the program itself. Um, I do feel, um, based on what you've said, that there were positives. And I think it's just my negative experience kind of made me think more negatively about this program than it actually was. Like there was a lot of positives. You know, I met um, my friends um, that I still talk to. Um, we did have some good classes and some good professors. And then we did have some professors who were, I guess, um, I know someone was on the verge of retirement. I think that was a class that we did not share. And um, I know people sort of really didn't like her course. Um, so we did have, I feel like there was a mixed bag in, in terms of professors. Um, and I did feel like, um, I, I sort of agree with her um, that the classroom management class, I felt like, um, I don't know, I felt there was definitely could have used some tweaking. I felt like, I don't know, there was, it was barely covered, but at the same time, I felt like it was also kind of padded in a way, because I felt like it was just sort of a surface level um, coverage of a really important issue. Um, yeah, as you said, it's such an important 
a topic that you can't really can't teach if you can't um, manage your classroom very well. Um, but upon reflecting, I feel like we actually did have a good uh, credential program, especially when I've seen um, other people um, come from different schools and had different experiences. So I feel that overall, I think uh, we had a relatively good, if somewhat flawed, and you know there was the the pros and the cons. But I think it was overall pretty good um, program. Yeah, I'd have to agree with both of you. There was a mixture, you know, <clears throat> what Jane Kay said about starting off with that really cool, passionate, uh, outspoken professor really helped us transition. And I think if we didn't have that, it probably would have been even more difficult. Some of those things that um, Darlene is mentioning. I also think that for me, on top of like the positive experiences of the teachers and then sometimes the frustrating and more negative experiences of the coursework or the classes or the teacher's uh, personality. Another layer for me is the institution of it. And so I think for me, that was really difficult to navigate. All the paperwork we had to do to verify at the end of our um, credential was overwhelming. We had to, like, you know, I remember how we, we had to have like a professor um, kind of watch over us and then come in uh, observe our classes and then we had to turn paperwork into the credential office after that on top of you know doing the tpa which is was very you know daunting to do um that really kind of undermined some of the other aspects of what uh you guys are talking about particularly darlene of like having those things in set the classroom management and i remember that teacher was really distracted by his own book Remember <laughs> um, his own book that he published that we had to get, and when we got it, I was like, "Okay, this is cool. This guy wrote a book. It must be, must be. It's going to be helpful, you know. He's he knows what he's talking about. He's an expert." And there was so much more theory than practicum, which is like the real day to day. That it really felt like it was his attempt. I don't know to kind of mask his own like wanting to be a philosopher or something, you know. So I I, I, I walked away thinking like. I didn't really learn anything in that class, you know, that could help me in, in the battlefield sometimes or in the day to day. And the last thing I'll say is that uh, I was going through a really hard time during the credential. I had uh, started taking public transit. I lived really far, uh, 30 miles away. And I remember telling you guys that I had to like leave class sometimes early. And I think that layer unfortunately colored more of the ability to just be a student and learn and, and, and things like that, which is, you know, often what we hope to be when we go back to school, but other aspects of life can get in the way. So, yeah, you know, but I met you guys. So that, that's the best thing. Oh, uh, Blasia, oh, sorry. Uh, Darling, did you want to say something? You could go first. Okay. Um, I was just going to add that I think this sort of kind of speaks to the experience that we have specifically as um, individuals who are trying to get the credential in California specifically just because the requirements here are just so much more um, stricter than other states. And I know my sister is um, trying to get her credential as a, as a, um, a school counselor and it's sort of a similar process where there's just a lot of paperwork, a lot of really um, nitty gritty by the rules requirements that you have to do. And it's not necessarily the program itself, it's just more mandated by the state and the program um, doesn't really have anything to do with it, but I, I agree in that that the school and the program and the administration, everyone running it could definitely make the process a lot more smoother. 
Um, and I've seen that sort of firsthand. I felt like, uh, Blasia, I think you experienced this a little bit and that um, I remember one time you told me that you didn't know what classes you were taking because they had changed the names of all the classes and they didn't bother to tell you about it, which I felt could have been easily remedied because you could have our email addresses. You could have just emailed everyone in the program. Hey, generally speaking, these classes are now these classes. Um, so I definitely feel like um, sometimes the school itself or the administration, the counselors and everything do um, kind of contribute to making this process a little bit harder or easier, depending on how competent and helpful they are. Um, so I definitely feel like in our case, um, it could have been a little bit more helpful in making something that's already kind of really time consuming and stressful a little bit easier for the students. Yeah, I agree with the paperwork. I remember, especially Blasia and I, we were in the same uh, student teaching site, the same high school. I just remember compiling that huge binder of lesson plans that had to be so detailed and and uh the i think our i don't know we call it the supervisor like the the professor who was assigned to us to over to oversee our progress she barely looked at my binder exactly. and exactly and passed past me so it was a little bit huh that's a lot of paperwork but i think it was a requirement by the professor that we had the class for not the supervisor itself because i had a different supervisor and she also barely glanced at it my supervisor was kind of like a retired teacher she wasn't even a professor at the school she just sort of came in and observed students um, so i think that was just a requirement for our professor but you're right why make us do all this work when it really didn't announce anything After chatting together with Darling and Blasia, I am reminded of the importance of friendship once more. True friendships are really hard to come by, especially when you graduate from high school and college and step into the working world. So remember to hold on to our friends close and treasure them deeply. listening to Haunting Comforts, where we come together to be present in the rhythms of teaching through finding balance, dissecting struggles, and learning grace. Follow me on my Instagram at Haunting Comforts to stay updated when I post new episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, please give a rating and a comment about what you enjoyed the most on the platform you are listening to. Thank you for your support.